Thank you so much for being here. My name is Thomas Lane, and this is our podcast. Every Monday, we release the latest message from our church, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss it. We hope this word encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. We're in a series called Battling Burnout. Somebody say Battling Burnout. We're battling burnout. We're learning about in this new year, this new season, how to kind of focus on the things that are most important, how to fight for rest in our lives. And the text we're going to go to is going to be Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to do verses one through three. Now you've heard these verses. It's nothing new, nothing, nothing shocking, but I want to slow down and apply them to the new year. A lot of us know it, but we don't apply it. We can memorize it. We can quote it, but we don't actually live it out. Let's do that today. Hebrews 12, one through three. Let's start at verse one. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. The idea is that sin in our lives, there's things in our lives that entangles us. And in in this battling burnout series today, what I want to talk to you about is soul decluttering. I'm going to talk about tidying up, cleaning, and it's super trendy right now. It's super cool to talk about being minimalist and tidy and clean, but we do that with our houses. We do that with our offices. Are we doing that with our souls? Are we doing that with what matters the most? I want to know, especially if you're at home and most of you are, who has a junk drawer? You know what I'm talking about, a junk drawer? It's probably in your kitchen. It's probably a drawer and it's like a catch-all for everything. Okay, there's like a battery in it. There's like an old cell phone, a pair of keys you don't know what belong to, like a rubber band, like everything that you bring home in your pockets, like a mint. You don't know where it goes. You just kind of throw it in there. And you're not intentional with it. You're not really, you didn't really plan for it to look like that. But over time, that's just what happened. It got filled up with junk. Maybe it's a junk drawer. Maybe for you, it's not a junk drawer. Maybe it's your glove box. It is just a disaster. There's an old diaper in there, half-chewed apple, just a bunch of junk. Maybe it's not that. Maybe for you, it's your closet. Maybe your closet is a total mess. Let's let's talk about that for a second. If you want to clean out your closet, if you want to tidy up your closet, and I promise you, this is not a sermon on being tidy, but follow me on this illustration. If you're cleaning out your closet, right on, you have to have a rule to really to tidy it up. And it's really easy for things on like both ends. Like if there's a shirt that you love, that fits you perfect, that's from Nana, that's a gift. It's easy to be like, I'm going to keep this. There's some things real easy, keep. Now on the opposite side though, there's some things you just hate. You go in there, it's old, nasty, you hate it. It's easy to get rid of those. Maybe it's ripped or has a stain on it. It's easy to keep the things we love, get rid of the things we hate. But what about the things in the middle? Now, this is probably why your junk drawer is a junk drawer. It's probably why your glove box is jacked up. It's probably why your closet is so messy. Not the things on both ends of the spectrum, but in the middle. Because there's some clothes. You don't know what to do with them. You're like, this might fit me one day. Do you have a shirt or a pair of pants and you're holding on to hope? Right on. Like everyone's like, you pull it on. You're like, every season you're like, this ain't going to work. But you're like, maybe next season. Maybe that diet's going to kick in. Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to get in shape. Maybe you just keep it. You're like, maybe one day. Maybe I have something that you're praying and hoping will come back in style. Okay. Corduroy is back in style. Don't know why. Don't know who determined that. I don't know what council or vote took place that determined that was back in style, but it is. Don't know why. I was at H and M 
right? And there's corduroy everywhere. I don't know who made that decision. I don't know how much corduroy I've dumped or ditched or gotten rid of through the years. But some of you are that. You're, you have an article of clothing. And you're like, one day it's going to come in handy. One day I'm going to use this. Friends, what I want you to know is that you have one precious life. Don't let it become a junk drawer. Don't let it become a messy closet. Don't let it become like your glove box, full of things, full of clutter. You can't prioritize what's important. It's full of stuff. You don't know why it's there, what belongs there, what's important and what's not. Don't let that happen to your soul. I love you enough to tell you, you cannot be the perfect mom, perfect dad, perfect spouse, have a great dating life, have a great financial life, sleep eight hours a night, be in great shape, have all these hobbies, do six travel sports with the kids, be super involved at church, start a garden, read a book, have an engaged quiet time, and then have a puppy and a tomato garden and pick this up. You can't do it all. You can't. It's impossible. And I think this time of year, it's natural to say, what can I add? Let me add a hobby. Let me add a workout routine. Let me add a book. Let me add. But rather, I want to ask you a different question. What can we subtract? It's not a cool question. It's not a popular question. But I think our ideas, in order to have a better life, a better year, grow closer to God, whatever, we say, what can I add? I'm going to ask you, what can I subtract? What can we, so to speak, Take out of the junk drawer. Take out of the closet. Take out of our souls. How do we know what God wants in my life and what he doesn't? How do we know? Now, if scripture speaks to it, that's easy, that's obvious. And there's some things you may have an addiction or a sin or something struggle that, that isn't tangling you, so to speak. But I think beyond that, there's some things that maybe scripture doesn't speak to that aren't morally bad or wrong, but they're in your life. They're junking it up and they're making it difficult to focus on what is most important. How do we know? Just like with the shirts in your closet, like how do I get rid of them? How do I keep them? We have to have some questions to ask. Because if you ask yourself, will I ever wear this shirt again? You're probably going to keep it. Right on. If you ever ask, will this maybe come back and sell? You might keep it. And there may be some in your life you're like, well, it's not terrible. It's not a bad thing. I'm going to keep that. I want us to ask these questions. Not is it okay? Not is it decent? Not could I ever get get some use out of this? Here's some questions I want you to ask. If there's something in your life, if you feel like some things have got to go, I want you to ask yourself this. Is that thing my purpose? I want you to ask yourself that. Let let, let, Let me keep going. Write these down if you're taking notes. Does this thing glorify God? Does this thing help me tell more people about God? Let me, let me keep going. Is this the main thing that he's calling me to right now? Not is it a good thing? Not is it an okay thing? Is it the main thing that he's calling me to focus on in this season of life? God bless you. I love you. I love you enough to tell you you cannot do it all. And I'd rather you be incredible at like three or four or five things then have a full closet, a full junk drawer, all this stuff and not be able to focus and just be decent, okay, at a lot of things. Ask yourself that. Is it glorifying to God? Does it help more people get to know God? All these things. You see, I'm going to talk about your soul for a second. There are some things in your life you don't remember putting there, but they're there. And you may go to your closet and be like, I don't remember buying this shirt. Where'd that come from? Where are these pants from? Where's this shirt from? You may look in your junk drawer and be like, what kind of even battery is this? What is this? What's going on? Who put that there? There are some things I would say your 
soul is subscribed to that you don't even remember subscribing to. You ever get an email and you subscribe to something? It's like a company or something online and you're like, I don't remember signing up for this. I don't think I want this. Where is this coming from? Ever get a text message from a company somewhere random? Moses texted me, Jimmy John's like, I don't even, I don't even buy food from Jimmy John's. They're texting you, they're blowing you up and it drives you crazy. It's too much. It's dividing our focus. What are some things that your soul is subscribed to that you need to declutter, you need to unsubscribe from? Because if you're like me, your soul is subscribed to some things. You're getting little notifications. You're getting little pings, little dings throughout your day that you don't remember signing up for. You may get a little ping every once in a while about something you did in your past. And it's a memory and the devil's using it to distract you and hold you down and distract you from God. Are there some things from your past you need to unsubscribe from? Are there some temptations, not just, I mean, the reality is we're all tempted sometimes, but are there some things you're doing, some habits, some places you go, some things you look at that are, uh, that are uh, how do I say it, maybe tempting you more than you should? A place you go. A group you hang out with. Not to say you're never going to be tempted, but sometimes we actively subscribe. We put ourselves in places. We're getting tempted more than we should. Have you allowed some people's opinions to have too much of an influence on you? And every time they say a little buzz, a little ding, it's like you're subscribed. Their opinion has such a weight on you. Could it be your parents? Could it be an ex? What is it? What are some things that we need to unsubscribe from? Something from your past or a struggle or a temptation. What is it for you? What is it for you? See, Craig Groeschel, the godfather we call him. Craig Groeschel said this. He said, if the devil can't make us really bad, you know what he's going to do? Then he'll try to make us really busy. If the devil can't make us really bad, then it'll try to make us really busy. And I love that. And it's 100% true. Because a lot of us, what's getting you is not that you're not subscribed. You're subscribed to too many things. You got too many voices coming at you, too many opinions. And the word of God is somewhere down here, right? But you're listening to everything else. Some of you probably aren't going to have an affair this year. Probably not going to get into drugs this year. But you're still going to struggle and still going to stumble. And in your mind, that's the big thing. You're like, well, don't have an affair. Don't do anything illegal. Don't kill anybody. You're looking at the big things, but you're missing the little things because if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. That's what he's going to try to do. And you're, you're not, you're, you're, you're guarded against these big things, but these little things, your guard is down. And trying to be the perfect husband or spouse or worker, have five side hustles or doing all these things is going to distract you from what's most important, your relationship with God. Your marriage, discipling and investing in your kids. And the devil's going to get what he wants. You're going to fail. You're going to stumble. Not because of something big and massive that's obvious, but from a lot of little tiny things distracting you, things your soul is subscribed to. And friends, it's time to unsubscribe. It's time to unsubscribe. Let's continue with that verse from Hebrews. Look at this. It says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's say that together one more time. I'm sorry I'm using a running analogy, a cardio analogy, but just follow me on this. It says, and let us run with perseverance the race 
marked out for us. Now, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to see, that the analogy that we're getting here for life and for faith is a race. And I want you to know that we are called to run a race, but a lot of us are doing so with ankle weights on. Do you know what ankle weights are? Now, maybe you're like me and you're like to skip leg day, okay? It's not your priority. You'd rather do chest or back or something like that. Ankle weights, kind of old school, but the idea is you strap these things to your ankle. You like this, I got my Ascent Blue right here, and you just walk around in them. You've intentionally put it on there and it's slowing you down. Now, the idea of these is actually to make you stronger. That's not where I'm going with this. What I'm trying to show you is that there are some things in your life that are slowing you down and holding you back from the race that God has called you to run. And if you look at this, you're like, it's only eight pounds. Who cares? Who would even notice? It's eight pounds. It's nothing, but eight pounds adds up. You may be like, it's only one little habit. It's only one little distraction. It's only one little bit of trouble. But these things add up, whether it's an addiction to debt, whether it's a temptation or porn or a certain set of mindsets or beliefs or habits. We run the race with things that are intentionally slowing us down. And I think a lot of us, for, for us, it's a mindset and I think we ask, what's the minimum I can do to still finish the race? What's the minimum I can do? But instead, we need to ask, what is something, everything that I can strip off to make me go even faster? We ask, what's the minimum? What's the bare minimum I can do just to finish, just to qualify, just to get through, rather than what can I throw off to make me run faster? If you know runners, runners are crazy. Not only are they crazy for liking running, to each his own, but they are passionate and they are focused. You talk about including nutrition and hydration and making sure they got the right shoes. They don't just throw on a pair of shoes and go to it. They, they, they are fully focused every little step of the way, making sure they finish that race as fast as they can. Are you the same way? Are you the same way? Are you running the race of life with hindrances, with things strapped to you that you're subscribed to that are slowing you down? Or are you fully focused to do what God's called you to do? To be who God has made us to be. Sometimes we have the wrong mindset. We ask the wrong question. We just try to do the bare minimum. I think for a lot of us, that is our ankle weight, so to speak. My kids... My kids, we don't let them watch TV unless they do chores. They got to do chores first, right? Um, they got to do chores and they do the chores, okay? Then they can watch TV. But with the chores, they try to do the bare minimum, all right? They're like, what is the least amount I can do to still get a reward? I think when it comes to work, a lot of us do that. We say, what is the minimum amount of work I can do? What's the most time I can spend looking at Facebook, looking at the stock market, looking at Instagram, and still keep my job? As opposed to saying, hey, how can I honor my boss? How can I honor my parents? How can I do the best job possible and bring my A game? Couples will ask us all the time. They, they, it's the same thing. They're running the race. We're like, what's the minimum I can do? And we have these things that slow us down, that hold us back. Couples ask all the time, what's the farthest we can go physically? Can we move in together? Is that okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? That's the wrong question. 
That's saying, what's the minimum I can do? As opposed to saying, hey, what is a way that I can glorify God and honor him? Because that person you're dating, that could be your spouse. It could, but it could be someone else's spouse. And we have to treat them as such. I think some of us are running the race of faith. We say, what's the minimum I can do spiritually and still finish? Still go to heaven, still feel comforted when I need it. What's the least I can go to church and not feel guilty, right? What's the least I can give and still feel generous? What's the least amount of people I can bring and feel like I'm checking the boxes? It's the wrong question. Instead, we need to ask, how can I glorify God? Friends, there are some things we got to unsubscribe from in this year. We got to drop them. We got to cut them off because they're slowing you down in the race that God has called for you. I love this. I love this next little verse. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. That's what got me to anchor weights. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. This thing's annoying me, so I'm going to take it off. But that's what we got to do, guys, as a mindset as a shift, not asking what's the minimum I can do, but asking what is every little thing in my life that I can get rid of, that I can remove, that I can just throw down in order to live the life God has called me to live, in order to glorify God, in order to praise Him. It's a completely different way of looking at it. And I know 2022 sounds like 2022. It sounds like 2020 also. It sounds like 2020 again. Here we go again. But I want you to know this can be your year. This can be your season. When rather than ask, what's the minimum I can do? This could be the year that we live this verse out. We strip off every weight that slows us down. And we start asking the right questions. Not what's the minimum I can do, but how can I grow closer to him? How can I glorify him? How can I serve him? How can I, in a different way, get rid of something in my life and serve him more and grow with him more? This could be your year. Look at verse two. Here's how we're going to do this because it sounds like a lot. It is. Here's how we're going to do it. By fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The pioneer makes you think of the Oregon Trail game. Remember that game? That was one heck of a game. And the perfecter of our faith. And you heard me say perfecter and you thought, hey, I'm not perfect. What are you talking about being perfect? I, I can't be perfect. When you hear perfect in this way, perfecter, you feel like that means Jesus is going to make you so you've never made a mistake. I'm not, there's a lot of theology here, but this isn't saying that Jesus is going to make you flawless. This isn't saying that in this, in this verse that Jesus is going to make it so you never sit again, never stumble again, never trip up again. That's not what it's saying. That word perfecter, it's a Greek word. It's a Greek word. And I'm going to try to not jack it up as if anyone else speaks Greek or I don't, my, my Greek is rough. The word perfecter is teleoten. And it doesn't mean make you flawless, make you never sin again, make you never struggle again. But what it means is to bring you to be who you were made to be, to do what you were made to do. The Greeks had this concept of the telos, the end, the perfected state, meaning everything has a purpose, a goal. And what Paul is saying is that God made you a certain way, gifted you in a certain way. So let us throw off everything that is hindering us from knowing God and loving God and serving God. Let us throw it down. And we can do that by fixing our eyes on him. By fixing our eyes on him, 
If you remember, I have a lot of Avengers references because they're my favorite movies. But remember in, I think it's the first Avengers when Loki comes in and Loki's a bad guy at the time. So don't get too mad at Loki. But Loki comes in. Remember what he says? He says, I am burdened with glorious purpose. And his glorious purpose, he thinks, is to take over the world. And I'm not saying you should come out, right, like a bad guy, full of pride and arrogance and say you're a burden with glorious purpose. You're going to take over the world. But I, every time, baby girl, you look in the mirror, I want you to know that you are burdened with glorious purpose. Every time, men, you go to work or look at your kids or look at your wife, I want you to understand that you are burdened with glorious purpose. You have a burden. There's a race you're running that God has equipped you for, and he's calling you to run. You have some quirks, some gifts, some traits that are there for a reason, and you and you alone have the unique combination of them. There are some people in your network, in your world, right? There are some people you know that you're friends with, that, that trust you, you trust them, maybe on social media, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe family, that only you, I believe, in this season, only you can love on and outreach to. I'm, I'm going to be so bold as to say this. There are people who would never come to church unless you bring them. I'm not saying God can do this and can't do that. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is I think God put you in their life for a reason. And I think you know who I'm talking about. There's someone who'd never come to church unless you say, hey, I want you to come with me. I want you to, I want you to come sit with me. I'll save you a seat. We're going to have a good time. We'll have brunch. We'll have a blast. Come with me to church. It could change your life forever. Think of your kids. Only you can raise those kids. Right on. And they're not yours. I love you enough to tell you they are not yours. They're his. And he's trusting you just for a season to raise them up, to disciple them, to point them to God. Some of you don't like that. You're like, I don't want to force religion down everyone, anyone's throat. It was shoved down my throat. I don't want to do that to my kids. I want to make them decide. I'm not saying force it. I'm not saying guilt them. I'm saying model the love of Christ in their lives. God has called you to something. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Look at this last little verse. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. One more time. This is Jesus we're talking about. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Once again, it's telling us to look to Jesus. And the verse I want you to see is this, this verse in the beginning. It's kind of strange. It's an interesting way to describe what Jesus did on the cross. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He ran his race. He did what God called him to do. He stepped forward. Why? For the, for the joy set before him. Now, if you've ever seen a crucifixion, there's no joy in it. He was a man of sorrows. For the joy. What's it talking about? The joy set before him. Friends, the gospel is this. That Jesus came as our substitute to take our place. See, we ran from God. Our race, if we could choose it, it would be away from God. We ran away. We said, I don't want you. I don't need you. We ran away from God. We ran away. Jesus came to get us back. We deserve to be out of God's presence. Jesus took that on the cross. You see, we are more sinful and flawed than we'd ever believe. But at the exact same time, we're more loved and accepted in him than we could ever dare hope. And what joy did Jesus need? You ever think about that? 
He was, he was, I mean, from all eternity past, he was with the Father. There's praise there. There's glory there. There's love there. There's safety. What did he not have? Right on. I can't give him a joy, right? I can't give him a praise. What did he not have? What did he not have? You know what he didn't have when he was in heaven with the Father? It's not like he didn't have enough angels praising him. No, no, no. The one thing he didn't have was you. He didn't have you. He didn't have you. And what he did was he fixed his eyes on you, went to the cross, knowing if it's not for me going to the cross, if it's not for me going this way, if I don't die for their sins, I won't have them. And he did that for you. Friends, he fixed his eyes on us. So let's fix our eyes on him. Whatever's slowing you down, whatever race you're running, whatever's going on, know this. Look at his love. Look at his sacrifice on the cross. Know that you were his trophy. You're his joy. You're the reason that he was able to endure the cross, scorning its shame. Because you were the one thing that he did not have. When he was in heaven, he had it all. He had the love, he had the adoration, the joy, the praise. The one thing he did not have was you. And what he did, he died in order to bring you home. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that Jesus ran the race too. (laughs) His race was a lot harder than ours. His race was going to the cross, bearing our sin, bearing our shame, but he did it for the joy set before him. He did it for us. I thank you, God, that we can be your joy. I thank you, God, that you love us, that you have a plan for us, that you want good for us. And Father God, may we not limp through life, limp through this journey with ankle weights on, having things that we strap to ourselves that are distracting us, slowing us down, causing us to lose focus. May we be a people, may we be a people, that look to you, that fix our eyes to you, the author, the perfecter of our faith. Father, we thank you for sending your son. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more, make sure to subscribe and check out the channel for past content. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate it. And please also consider sharing it with a friend. You can text it to a friend or post it on social and tag at Ascent Church VA. For more content from Ascent and to connect with Ascent Church, please visit ascentchurch.net. Your best days are ahead of you. The future is bright. See you next time.